Hello friends! Welcome to episode 16 of Keep It Real with Rachel Sinclair. I'm your host, Rachel, and my hope for this podcast is that you will laugh, learn something new, and that you grow closer to Christ wherever you are on that journey. You are welcome here. My guest today is a true legend in the Christian fiction world, Robin Jones Gunn. You may know her as the author of the Christy Miller series, the beloved series that starts with Christy as a teenage girl, and Robin has written multiple series about Christy, taking her through high school, college, marriage, raising children, and now Christy is part of the Haven Makers series, which is about finding true friendship as an adult woman. Robin is also the author of the Glenbrook series, the Finding Father Christmas series, which has also been made into a Hallmark Christmas movie, the Sister Chick series, and many more. She's written over a hundred books, so there are a lot. In this episode, we talk about the importance of strong female friendships, which is a theme throughout many of Robin's novels, and what that looks like in today's world. We also talk about faith and the gift of writing, and Robin gives me the kindest, most meaningful encouragement. She is just a gem. You can purchase Robin's new book, Being Known, which releases Tuesday, April 28th, and it's available anywhere books are sold. You will not be disappointed. Without further ado, here is my interview with Robin Jones Gunn. Welcome to the podcast, Robin. I'm so grateful to have you. Thank you, Rachel. Yes, it's kind of it is kind of crazy that I'm talking to you because I have admired your books for literally a decade. I was thinking back, I'm twenty I'm twenty five right now and I started reading Christy Miller when I was fifteen and I feel like I know your characters. I feel like they're my friends. (laughs) It's because you grew up with them. They they are your imaginary friends, but they can feel just as real. I know. (laughs) I mean, they are. And I just, it's incredible how you have brought these characters and specifically Christy through adolescence, through high school, college, marriage, baby years, <laughs> and now just being adult friends. It's just incredible. And um, so thank you for the gift of that. <laughs> well, it's it's a joy in every every way because the ways that the readers have responded just became that motivation to keep going mm-hmm. so that the characters seemed real to me. But then when the readers felt like, oh, not only is she my imaginary friend, but Christy has become a mentor. She's become a confidant, you know, so that there was just this, this really sweet thing that has happened over the years. And I mean, you know, from what you do, that's the best motivation. Okay, well, we got to tell another story or let's, (laughs) you know, it's it's a lot of uh, pieces that come together, but that motivation is always there. Absolutely. And I love the theme that your latest series, I mean, you explore a lot of themes, but one is just the power of female friendships in Hager Mm -hmm. and Makers and how even when we're adults or you know, grown up, so to speak, it's, it's still important to make friends that doesn't stop (laughs) when you're a kid in school. And, um, I think a lot of my friends have experienced that, whether it's graduating college and moving to a new city or even going back to your hometown. And a lot of people have moved on and it's different. And, um, 
why why did you feel like that was an important thing to write about finding an adult solid group of girlfriends I have had the blessing of having some extraordinary friends in different seasons you move or you know you're not all in the same place at the same time with careers or something but I have had these pockets of seasons where these friends are just life-giving and I look back and think I could that would have been such a challenge to try to get through the early years of raising my children if I didn't have this friend this friend this friend and we were doing it all together so I have experienced that but now that my daughter is grown and married and has two children I saw her in that season when she was expecting her first son and the friends that she connected with. And it was beautiful. It was just beautiful to see that sweet gift of friendship be played out in her generation in different ways that were so intentional about celebrating and making a beautiful table so that they could all come together for conversation. And I just, I was kind of like in awe of the ability for this generation of women to just get right down to what matters and to, to do it in such a lovely way. So that's why I was motivated to tell more stories, but to sort of blend my own experiences, but then to see how it's working now and really set that up as a model. And the main reason is because now it's a lot easier to just stay in isolation or have all your friends online. Now or, you it's know. especially... <laughs> I mean, we have to really? in a certain way, but yes, I know what you mean. It's easier to say, well, I have 600 Facebook friends, but be really lonely. Yes. And to also have different people that you connect with or you text each other every day because you've developed this close friendship just by your words, but it's not possible because of distance or the what we're going through now with the pandemic or, but that you don't have that face to face. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting because so many years ago when I started writing the first Haven maker book, it was the sense of we're moving away from gatherings right? and, you know, sort of that shift. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, I just love exploring that way of, developing friendships because it's a gift when you have it and more women can be the ones who give that gift by just saying but when it's all clear <laughs> by saying <Right. laughs> could come over let's let's just meet face to face and have a conversation definitely and another thing I love about your writing is how realistic the characters are and their situations you don't just have this one character who has it all together, who understands how to do it. Your, your people are messy <laughs> like us. <you> know? <laughs> and, um, even thank though, you. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, Rachel, I just have to pause. I have to keep that thought. Sure. But I have to say, 
my publicist sent me a list of all of the reviews that have begun to come in um, from the early readers. And there were several in there that said, oh, I just really like happy endings. And I just felt like these characters were too complex. And it was just, (laughs) and I thought that's okay. This is not the book for you. But then the very next review would say, I can't believe I found a book where the characters feel like what I'm going through and all these feel So it's just different choices. Some readers like to escape and not have to even think about messy stuff, but I, I love that you said that. Oh, I do. And now disclaimer, I have been called realistic Rachel before. So (laughs) it is very much in my um, personality. But no, I think it's so wonderful because it's encouraging to me that, you know, I do have strengths, but there are places where, gosh, I try and I feel like I fail. But that doesn't mean that I can't better myself and I can't work at it and go to those people around me who are strong in those areas and we just kind of bring our own blessings and strengths and the weaknesses and just all put them at the table and help each other and I I feel like that's very reflective of real life (laughs) so it is I agree (laughs) yes and I think with the first Haven Maker series your second Uh, book is about to come out but in the first one the character of Emily I I think she reflected what so many people feel and that is just this doubt of is what I have really worth offering to the group do people need me or you know do I just have too many troubles is it not worth opening my box to you know share um what what would you say to somebody who's maybe thinking that why is it important that we fight against that mentality because the reward is so great so you have to be brave and you have to take that first courageous step and say yes I will come to in Emily's case it was to come to this little gathering before Christmas and the opening scene she's standing at the front door and she's about to ring the doorbell but she's terrified we just moved here she's thinking we don't I I happen to meet this woman but she will already be friends with all the other women that are there why did I say I would come but by the end of the book you see what Emily would have missed if she had let fear make that decision for her. This is just too difficult to ring the doorbell and be vulnerable and to step into a room full of people I don't know. And so that's where in real life, it is the same sort of courageous first step that needs to happen. Either you be the one who invites others to come in which is so biblical that we show hospitality to all, that we welcome, that we love one another, that we are extending that grace. And so we have that opportunity, as simple as the hospitality may be, or it doesn't have to be a big event. But then on the other side, when someone reaches out and says, would you like to come, even if you think, perhaps let's say it's a book club, there was a woman that wrote to me and she goes, I don't even like to read. And this lady invited me 
to a book club and my husband really thought I should go because I just don't have any friends. And I just went and sat there the whole time with my arms crossed. And by the time I came home, I realized I, I need to change so that I'm open, like open and unlock the possibility of connecting. So when they met for the next book club, she was just like a kitten, just like, yes, I'll be your friend. Right. <laughs> I, <you know? laughs> so it was that getting through that block, getting past the fear. Absolutely. You know, it makes me think of um, my roommate is a nurse and she was telling me the other day that she was talking with a newer girl on her floor and they were trying to figure out shift changes. And my friend said, oh, thank you so much for changing. Um, I'll, I'll take you out to dinner or I'll Venmo you some money. You know, I'll treat you, mm-hmm. let yourself get yourself a coffee, whatever you want, just to say thanks. And this girl said, I really just want friends. I know and I just my heart just broke I said invite her over (laughs) now that was pre-coronavirus it was right at the beginning so it hasn't happened yet but um it just it it's a reminder that people are searching and um and we may think other people have it all together but we all want to be known and loved and it's it's a it's a really important part of life and the reward is great, just like you said. <laughs> and it's and the challenge is greater now than ever before because we can get everything we need. We can order our groceries online. They come toward. I'm talking about normal times, yeah. So right. you can order your groceries. They come to your front door. You can go shopping online. You don't. Whereas these used to be things that women would say. Um, hey, I'm going to the farmer's market. Do you want to go with me? Or I need to go get a dress for my cousin's wedding. Come with me. And, you know, it's like we have the ability to do things so easily in isolation. We have to be intentional about connecting. Absolutely. Definitely. Well, can you tell us a little bit about what your upcoming book is going to be about being known? (laughs) Well, I took these same five women that have connected. Four of them are married, and Tess is the single one. And I love that they're still all connected and feel that sisterhoodness. It it isn't as if you can't be part of our group unless you're married. Yes, or I love all that. the yes, all the single women. Yes, yes, that you have to be in that same thing. But it's just at the heart level that they choose to really care about each other. And it doesn't matter what's going on in the rest of their life. So that in being known, going deeper and Tess being the one to open up and say, I met this man and he's just pretty much great. And all the friends gather around and want to hear all this the stories, but it's complicated. And so then how do they navigate as friends without it becoming sort of a trite? It, it was it was probably the parts of the book that I wrote and rewrote the most and got the most feedback on is how do you really go deep in your relationships with your friends without jeopardizing the the loss because you have difficult things to say or that oh, yes. that that friend 
you're not sure if they're ready to do the hard things. But then running through this whole story, everyone else focused on Tess, but Jenna Lynn is the one who's really so much more in a turning point, crisis point in her life as she's grieving her mother's death, which happened seven years earlier, but it was her mom passed away, but she got married right after that. And then she had children and then they moved and her husband started a business and now they're set. And all this grief comes like a wave because it catches up with her. But she goes dark. She goes in her cave. So it's just sort of this ah, real life is like this so many times. Here's Jenna Lynn, who was the original initiator of all the hospitality, come to my house, we'll have a Christmas party. And then as they continue to meet, she's the one who feels like I can't tell them what I'm really going through or what I'm really feeling or all these other things that are happening. So it really is that closeness of the friends that has to draw, just just go the distance with each other, mm-hmm. draw out what really, really matters, and and for the characters to be willing to be known. I mean, hence the title, being known. Like <laughs> that's a, that's a scary thing. I'm willing to let you know what I'm really thinking, what I'm really going through, and I'm gonna risk that you might not want to be my friend anymore. You might judge me. Right. <laughs> you might run for your life. I need to do that because I can't hide in the darkness. I can't stay in isolation. Absolutely. It it makes me think also of Jamie Ivey's book, If You Only Knew. Are you familiar with yes. that? Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Exactly. I love, yes. I mean, that's the being known, you know, if you only knew. It's this deep part of who we are. And it's that question of if I bring this out, are they going to accept me? Will I be safe? Exactly. Yeah. And I had really resonated when I saw her book because that sense of here's someone in real life who's being courageous and being willing to talk about this. But where would a a person who loves to read novels, where do you go and find fiction that addresses those kinds of issues? And so that's why I was really excited about starting the Haven Maker series because I thought, okay, let's let's see if we can take these real life situations, put them in a story so that so many more women who would not step right into a nonfiction book or be willing to go to a maybe a book club to talk about it, but they'll read a novel. Yes. So they'll say, well, let me just see somebody else going through this in a fictional way. This is how we are. It's like I... I want to see how it all goes in a scenario, you know, right. outside. But then because you speak these life truths to us that are real. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's how the Christy Miller books started in the beginning because my husband was a youth pastor. The girls in the youth group were reading all these romance novels and I was concerned what they were putting in their 13 year old hearts. And they said, if you don't want us reading these books, then give us some that we will like the characters and, you know, it has that element of romance. And th- and that was a challenge. I I never thought I'd be a writer, but those girls in the youth group 
challenged me and it took two years and 10 rejections of the first Christy Miller book before it, the door just opened. So it was taking real life situations and characters that felt like they could be your friend and then working out that. Now, if, if I had taken those same concepts and written a whole Bible study series or curriculum, (laughs) I don't think they would have, you know, those 13 year old girls would never have read that or they wouldn't have wanted to sit around and discuss it, but they'll discuss it out here with the characters. Oh, I can't believe it when Katie said this, or this happened to Todd, you know, they'll, they'll talk about that, but it really reflects their life. So it's kind of like I'm doing the same thing I've always done, but now the characters are in this other season of life that's so connected to contemporary women. Yes, that that completely makes sense. And I can picture that because I teach sixth grade girls Sunday school. So I, yeah, yep. if you pull out a Bible <laughs> study and say, oh, let's talk about these themes. But if you work it into a story that they can know and love, then it just comes naturally. That's And that is just I cannot imagine you being rejected. That's crazy. That um, that in a weird way gives me hope as a writer <laughs> to know that it's it can yes. be hard. <laughs> um, I hope that doesn't sound weird to say, but you know what I mean. That like no, no, because yeah. see, and here's the thing, Rachel. If what you want to write about isn't what the formula is for the market, or if there aren't a lot of other people that have already pioneered into that to say, oh yes, we can actually sell books about that. It's more difficult for you to break in or get that first book, but then you're being the pioneer. And that's what happened with Christy Miller, because all those rejection letters said, we just don't see a market for books for teenage girls that have this Christian foundation to the characters, but yet it's real life situations. And that's why the Christy, it's, it's been decades and the Christy Miller books are still selling. And it, I think we're past 4 million copies sold worldwide because it it resonated with the readers. But when it started, it was brand new. So it had to break through. Right. So keep going. Yeah, oh, you just have you. to keep going. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what <laughs> what is on my heart and what I've kind of been working on. And again, it's just kind of that fire within you going, I don't know if this will be anywhere, but it's still worth it because I love it. Um, you know, they always say, or someone famous said this, I'm not going to quote it right, but if you don't see the book you want to read, write it. Well, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> I have been, I love comedy. I love reflections, memoirs, story focused writing. And I, I feel like I flew through this category in the Christian realm by moms and wives. There's, you know, lots of wonderful authors who do these funny memoirs with good takes who are, you know, talk about raising kids. And, and then I also kind of went to the, the secular, um, uh, genre and found, you know, like Lauren Graham inspiring yeah. funny memoirs like that. But then some of those I thought, ah, that's, I'm just, that's too much for me. And I thought, where is the Christian faith-based funny memoir, just true to life, but that has good truth for the young single girl who's in her twenties <gasps> and I can't yes. find it. And so that's yes, what I'm working yes, yes, on. Yes. I don't know where it'll go or, you know, if it's, if it's there, but I just, I was like, this isn't out there and I think I could do it. So <laughs> I'll give it a try. Rachel, you, 
You have to. You have to. It's so needed. And I know that because I receive a lot of mail. I get a lot of messages, a lot of emails, a lot of written letters. And there's this whole unreached people group of the women that you're talking about where they're saying, okay, so I grew up with Disney princesses and then I read the Chrissy Miller books and she got Todd and here I am at this age, whatever their age is. And like, it didn't follow any of the patterns that I had. And so like, I get it. That's not for everybody and no, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Everyone's story is their own. Yeah, but then, okay, so give me the role models for now so that I really have that sense of identity because I had that identity with the Disney princesses and the, the, you know, right that whole kind of feeling of here's the general population or the general Christian community is moving this direction. And it's a void. You have to write that book. You have to, you have to, you have to not get discouraged and I tell you there is an audience waiting wow I know them I know (laughs) them I hear them (laughs) well that is that is incredibly encouraging to me that just like lights my fire so uh thank you that is that is so encouraging to hear (laughs) and I can't wait well I was gonna say it's you, I can't wait till it's finished and you tell me, and I, I want to, I want to know that your book is <laughs> ready to go out into the wild. Oh, you're <laughs> so kind. Well, it's, I, that is, I will work on it and, and keep at it. And it's fun. You know, I enjoy, I mean, it's, it's work and it's fun. That is the truth. You know, <laughs> I know you know that well about writing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, that is a good indicator too, that you shouldn't give up. Yes. It really is. Thank you. Well, okay. Speaking of just writing and falling in love with characters and having your heart in there, I have to ask you, do you have a favorite or couple of favorite characters from any of your top series that you just love to death? I know you love them all, but... Um, actually there's some that I'm still irritated at. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, because they had to be who they were to get through whatever the issue was in the book. But, um, I felt like as I was writing them, I was on the outside going, come on, get, get your act together. But it was important for them to just take all the steps, which are, it's more natural in real life, you have to go through the process. But I have still always felt, obviously, a connection to Christy, and that's why she's in the Havenmaker books. Absolutely. Because I wanted to see her c- continue into the next season. There's parts of me that are very much like Christy and other parts that are not. There are parts of me like Todd, who really sees the bigger picture and the spiritual application and things. That's just how God made me that, that word of wisdom kind of sense of looking at something and seeing something eternal that's in there. And that's, that came through with Todd, but, um, Oh, Katie, Christy's best friend is, yes, I love, I love Katie. And, um, there's always been this sweet favoritism that I've had 
to Meredith, Mary, who was in Waterfalls in the Glenbrook series. And it's because during this season I was writing that book, my dad had had a stroke and he was passing away and I was writing in the hospital room and I'm writing by his bedside and I'm reading to him and the stroke took his uh, right side movement and took his speech, but his eyes, you know, as I would reach. So this thing that's so interesting and true throughout whenever you hear stories of comedians or those who have something really funny that they've created, but it came out of a place of deep pain Mm. and loss. And so this season with my dad, and then I wrote this book that's just comical and Meredith, I love her. She's just figuring it out. So waterfalls is the title of that book. And that has that deeper sense of, you, we all go through these different deep valleys, but to pull from what's inside and create some art out of that and then be so surprised that the art isn't dark and deep, but the art pulls out all the glimmering bits of light that were the guiding, you know, the Lord just leading you through that. His presence is comforting and it's cheerful. Yes. <laughs> goodness, goodness and mercy really do follow us. So then you create this story and it's funny and it's sweet and go, I should, it should have just been the deepest, darkest, saddest thing ever, but no. So yes, that's yeah. beautiful. That's beautiful. <laughs> I love that. Those mm. are, those are great. And um, yes, I particularly, I mean, of course I love Christy. I love Katie. I think I'm more of a Katie, just kind of out there spastic, you know, all the, <laughs> the things. Um, but you know who I also just love and loved how she transformed through the series is Aunt Marty. I just, oh, oh. I have a soft spot for her <laughs> in my heart. And <laughs> I always say I, I love, I do community theater. I love theater too. And um, I said, I always said if I was young and could play somebody, I would play Katie. If I became an adult and could play somebody, Aunt Marty, hands down. She would be the fun one, <laughs> the fun character. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> so oh, I just I love, I love how you bring these fun personalities to life. It's it's so wonderful. So, um, okay, one more question. This is kind of jumping series for you, but another, you know, ser- series of books I love is The Sister Chicks. Those are just so fun where you've got two women <laughs> going different places. Did you travel to places specifically to write the book that's really a fun story how it happened I was invited by women of faith remember for 20 years these wonderful women speakers Patsy Claremont and the others did these grand events and filled uh, stadiums with people, women that came to hear them speak. So Women of Faith put together a line of fiction, and I was invited to write one of the novels that they might use for their book club. So I started to write about a trip that I had gone on with my best friend Donna when we were in our very early 
40s. Maybe we were still late 30s. No, no, we were probably early 40s. But we went to Finland. The Christie Miller books have been translated into Finnish. Oh. And, the, and the publisher said that the in Helsinki, they wanted me to come and speak at the public schools. And if I wanted to go on my own, the publisher wasn't paying for it, that, but that I could go on my own and they would set up these openings to talk and my husband's so supportive and he said you have to go when are you going to get this invitation again and take Donna so the two of us went to Finland in February I don't recommend it but (laughs) (laughs) but we had this hilarious adventure and experience so I decided maybe 10 years after that adventure that I should write the women of faith novel about these two women in Finland. So I just wrote this travel story with all the hilarious things that happened to us. And when the women of faith looked at it, they said, well, we were really hoping for something more of a mother daughter journey. And so Uh, My agent said, why don't we put this Finland book aside? Maybe you could use it for something. I don't know what, but let's focus on something that would be more for the audience. So I wrote a book called Gardenias for Breakfast. I love it. That, I love that oh, one. It's beautiful. When you said too. mother-daughter, I thought, oh, I'll mm. bet that's gardenias. And that was actually based on a trip I took with my daughter when she was 12. And we drove across the U.S. to go to Louisiana to visit my grandma, great lady. Aww. And so it, it was all based on kind of those loosely based on all that. So in the meantime, I have this book about Finland and it just was so fun. I kept going back to it. I finished the book and I took it to my publisher and said, I don't really know what to do with it. And my editor was so great. He said, oh, we're going to publish it. We're going to put a fun cover and fun title on it. And we want, it's, we're going to want you to write more. So when the first one, Sister Chicks on the Loose, which is based in Finland, and again, Pioneer, there weren't a lot of, you know, there was like, uh, the chick lit was just kind of starting. There was the shopaholic and, you know, just kind of in the general market, there were these fun books that made you just stop and laugh out loud. So when Sister Chicks on the Loose hit that market, but had this base of this Christian characters and this faith element that was so much a part of the book, it it just, boom, it just took off. And indeed, to answer your question, the, my publisher came back and said, now we want Sister Chicks <laughs> down under and Sister Chicks in Paris and all this. And my husband was in that meeting and he said, well, you know, she went to Finland. That's why it's so authentic. You really should send her to all these places if you want an authentic book. And my my publisher at that time said, yes, we will give you a travel budget and we will send you to Australia, New Zealand, Paris, Venice, England. Um, Where else did I go? I mean, so there's eight books. And I wrote them as quickly as I could, but I had this incredible season as a writer where I got to go 
and have these adventures in these beautiful places in the world and then capture all the moments and come home and put it in a story. Oh, that, that is was, incredible. What a dream. It was. <laughs> I know it was. Dream come true. And I, I'd love to write more sister chick books. I don't know that I'll get the chance to, but oh, that was. That was a great season. That was good. I just ate them up. You know, I found one and then just went down the rabbit trail. And I remember even (laughs) reading the the London one. I I can't think of the title. Um, Oh, in London, it's Sister Chicks Go Brit. Go Brit. Yes, that's it. Go Brit. I read that on the plane going to London because I thought I can learn from these characters. Oh. Oh, it was so fun. And I just loved London. It was fantastic. But um. Your book was just the, it was the little transition over the pond while I was <laughs> getting over there. <laughs> that so. is so fun. Oh, oh. It, it really was. And we, on that trip, we went to Paris for a day. So <laughs> we took the wow. first train out and the last train back and it was a whirlwind wow. trip. But those are a great one. Um, I'll, I'll put links to all of this so people can check them out as we're in quarantine and have more time to read. <laughs> yes. So. Well, yeah, because then it's like a virtual vacation. You can go to all these places around the world that is with true. the sister chicks. That is a great yeah. point. And it's, it's so of, fun. I heard from a woman recently who had a pen pal. And she lived, the woman lived in, I think, Pennsylvania. And she had a pen pal in Australia. And she told me that last summer, They've been pen pals for 40 years. And after she had read one of the sister chick books, she told her pen pal, we really should meet. And they did. And they had their own sister chick adventure. And it was so cute. But these pictures she sent of the two of them, can you imagine writing to someone for over 40 years? They were, they were like matched up in elementary school in second grade or something here, write to somebody in Australia. Here's the second grade class in Australia writing to the second graders in Pennsylvania. I'm not sure that's exact, you know, and they continued that, that friendship and, and the books inspired them. We have to meet. I loved it. Oh, that, what a fulfillment. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That is so sweet. There, it goes back to that female friendship, sisterhood bond, you know? (laughs) It does. And being courageous because it was a big deal to book a flight and get on a plane and do all those, but taking that first step, the reward is so much greater than the safety of not doing it. Mm. Yes. It's well, so much. Mic drop. That was, you just brought it full circle, Robin. That was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Well, we are so excited to be reading your book, which comes out Tuesday. And um, it's Being Known. And you can order it wherever books are sold, right? Absolutely. And um, I just, I'd love to hear from all your reader, all your listeners who yes. pick up one of the books and just that sense of being able to connect the ways that we do online and everything. And uh, Rachel, I have to say, you really are a Katie. You really are a a storyteller. I mean, you, I'm excited about your book and I want to encourage you to, 
to keep going. I have a I have a prayer journal and I write names in the prayer journal whenever I hear from someone who says that they are writing a book or they want to write a book and I pray for them once a week. I pull out my journal and I go through the list. Your name is going in my book. Robin, you're gonna make me cry. I am writing your name in my book. So just know you are gonna get prayed for and I I pray for all those writers that they would be courageous. I mean, talk about bringing it full circle. That's it yeah. for all of us Absolutely. to just take that first step and be willing to just see what God wants to do because it is exceedingly abundantly beyond what we could think or imagine. Yes. Well, that is, mm. you know, you you have these moments in your books where characters are blessed or, you know, celebrated or, um, you have just given a huge blessing to me. So thank you. <laughs> um, oh, thank you so much. You're welcome. That means the world. So I'm so, so glad we were able to connect. <laughs> yes. Thank you for setting this up. And just even, I felt so honored when you reached out. Thank you. Definitely. Well, we will be reading, following and cheering you on next week. Um, it's just been a delight talking with you, Robin. Thank you so much. To be continued, Rachel. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Wow. What an incredible woman. I am so touched by Robin's graciousness and her encouragement, and I think she's encouraged us all just to be brave, to have the courage to take that first step, to do what we need in order to find real friendships, to find people who will know us and love us and speak truth into our lives. Again, her new book is called Being Known, and it's available wherever books are sold. I did also want to mention that while this book is part of the Haven Makers series, you can also read it as a standalone novel if you just want to pick it up and start reading. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating, subscribe, and make sure you're following me on social media. I'm one, like the digit, one Rachel Sinclair on Instagram and Twitter, and I'm Rachel Sinclair Writes on Facebook. All of these links are in the show notes. Thank you guys for listening. Please stay safe, wash your hands, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye.